Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Tom Bocard, Senior Vice President of Sales for Global Data's Healthcare Division. Tom leads a growing team that helps high-growth companies decode the future by using data to see through fog and look around corners to accelerate growth and find new opportunities. His team is growing fast, and not only does Tom help his reps take what the market gives and then some, his team helps companies around the world get after their respective and then some parts of their markets as well. I have been trying to get Tom on my show for a long time because of his emphasis and understanding of what it takes to be getting after the and then some part. Now, Tom's been in the sales leadership game for a long time. He's an active participant in Revenue Collective, something you know I'm a big fan of. He's led teams in a number of markets and of all sizes. And he's the co-host of one of my very favorite sales podcasts, The Top 1% Show. If you're not subscribing and listening to it yet, you're going to want to be by the time you get done listening to this show this week. I got to know Tom as I was on a show a couple of months ago, and I've been trying to get him on this show ever since. I'm excited to have him join me today. I really look forward to our conversation. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, Rob, thank you for having me. Pleasure, pleasure is mine to be here, man. Well, I, I, uh, I'm really excited. I, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I love your perspective on the sales leadership uh, world that we're all part of, and, and I can't wait. We have a great plan of what we're going to talk about today, but as we get started, why don't you take a few minutes and just introduce our listeners to Global Data and, uh, and what you do for your customers? Sure. Yeah. So Global Data, you know, we're a data and analytics firm right now. So our mission, you know, and I think you touched on this a little bit, Rob, it's really to help our clients, you know, decode the future. We want them to, to profit from faster, more informed decisions. So, you know, we're helping people, you know, mitigate risk, take advantage of opportunities, but, you know, have the, the information at their fingertips that can really make them feel confident in those moves that they're doing. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's a fun, dynamic role. Um, you know, we work in, we cover 18 verticals across the company. Our, our CEO likens us to the, uh, the Bloomberg of the vertical markets from his side. Uh, my focus is primarily is now entirely within the healthcare sector, nice. um, you know, which, which is, has to be a growing sector right now, especially with what's going on in the world today. It's, you know, like I, I previously had been in like an industrial side, so energy construction, and those are tough markets. They're very cyclical. They're hit by the economy. Yeah. Um, healthcare, particularly the pharma part yeah. of the business is like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's everyone is trying to 
build a COVID vaccine. They're trying to develop it now. But the thing that we saw, it's like, you know, in March, everyone kind of froze. And it, in the pharma market, too. Yeah. But then those faucets turn right back on. Investors are still going. They're still doing business. They got, you know, they got to adjust. Clinical trials can't happen in person anymore. But it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's an exciting industry to be in. So do you got insight on how close we're getting to that that vaccine? You got you got some insider info on that one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm at liberty to discuss, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we uh, no, I think I think they'll be there pretty pretty shortly. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, some of the things though that's interesting. It's like when people talk about you know, and what what I found really exciting about global data is you know we mobilized quick. We were tracking COVID early January, launched. COVID dashboards, playbooks in all of our platforms um, and really kind of, you know, I guess leverage the other expertise. But, uh, you know, with pharma, we're talking about drug development and everything there. An area that's really impacted by this is the supply chain. though. So manufacturing has mm. is, is been a challenge. And that's so sort of like, I think we'll get drugs that'll be approved. You know, then the manufacturing part moves in. So we'll see how it all kind of rolls out from that side. Well, that, that's, that's a great introduction. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I, I love that you're in this information business because that's always been important. I think in the last year, it's probably become more important. And we're going to talk a little bit about, about how you use that to see around corners. I'm excited to, to get into that a little bit. But I want to get into you one more, before we get started. I, just want, I always love having our, our guests share their story. How'd you get into sales? How did that lead you to global data? You know, I have met very few people. I used to say none, but now I've had a couple of people tell me I've met very few that said, I grew up saying I'm going to be in sales. You know, I still said I was supposed to be the first baseman for the Dodgers and uh, that didn't, that didn't pan out, but, um, <laughs> but well, I ended up in sales it worked out pretty well this year, as we were just talking about, man, right? <laughs> yeah, it would have been, but most of us are accidentally involved. We kind of stumbled into it and then we get intentionally successful. Can you just share a little bit about your story on how you ended up in sales and, and how that got you where you are now? Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it's very similar. You know, I, I was in, I went to college with the ambitions to come out with a business degree. Yep. Not really sure what that meant, you know, probably like banking or finance, something of that nature. Um, you know, enjoyed college a little too much my first kid. year and didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't make it to the, uh, the business program. So, uh, you know, I ended up eventually finalizing on an English degree with a business minor, but that was just so I could graduate in four years. You know, I I had thoughts of maybe going to law school, maybe being a teacher. Um, but I just wanted to make money, get to work. And a neighbor actually of mine growing up, he ran, you know, regional, um, sales for a uh, gym, local gym, New York sports club. So it's chain that they have out here in New York. It's there. Uh, but got into him B2C. You know, okay. got in, did, went through the training program. Yeah, First month that I was on the floor was actually January. So, like, what better time to be selling? Yeah, man, I'm telling you, that's it. And uh, But that got that got me the fever because I, I had a couple of good managers, and they, they started giving me books to, to read up on. And I realized, like, it was a skill that could be developed. It wasn't the old, like, oh, I'm a people person. I like talking to people, you know. Um, so that, that kind of gave me that, listen, this, there's skills that could be ramped. There's things that could be learned. It's like, you know, I grew up being an athlete, so I can, I can work out these different sales skills and development and, and I can put the effort in and be, you know, perform at a high level and, you know, I'll get paid for it. It's not, I'll get a pay bump here or there. I have control of my, my earnings and that, that was it for me. So that, 
that drove me and uh yeah through some experimenting with inside outside sales uh b2b b2c i realized that uh, inside sales b2b was where i thrived in nice nice and uh once i got in back into you know kind of corporate in the new york city rose the ranks man i was hungry i i wouldn't let them tell me no i wouldn't let them tell me timelines i, I was, love that you know so it it just one thing led to another and uh you know i ended up global data came came knocking on my doors i i had a bit of a i guess a reputation for take building teams from scratch and taking over existing teams and kind of expanding them at this point and uh you know they were looking to build out their new york you know sales team their u.s sales presence um and that was eight years ago and i'm still here so and as they say the rest is history huh yeah so it's been a good run but it yeah it definitely was something where like you know high school my dad was in sales but i didn't know what that meant like he was a road warrior selling you know he had a family business my grandfather started i'm like he just goes and has coffee with guys and they they shoot the shit you know right <laughs> like i didn't right. know anything about it once i got in and i was like oh i understand and i told him i was reading spin selling um at one of my jobs, that was a kind of initiation. They're like, read spin selling. This is what yep. we'll go with. And uh, he's like, yeah, I took, I went to Neil Rackham's courses. No way. Like, what? Get out you of know, here. Yeah, like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, give me the books. Give me the notes, yeah, you know? That's uh, right. So it's kind of one of those things, like, I guess it was in my DNA, but it was like, at first it was like, oh, I love talking to people. It'll be easy. It's like, it's a science. It's art. It's not, you know, just... Well, mindless. So. Well, let's let's leverage that. Thank you for sharing that. That's a great launch point for what I was hoping we could talk about today. I love how you talked about uh, you realized quickly um, that it was a skill that could be developed, and 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 it's it's not just just something that you're blessed with. You know, there was a time that people thought you know just hire the best salespeople and just get out of their way, and th- those days are long gone, man. I mean, our profession has become so legitimized. People realize you got to work on your craft. And those that commit to their craft are the ones that become, you know, the superstars. And what I love is that you also talked to, you went back to your time as an athlete. I, I'm the same. I've, I've always said that being a professional salesperson is, is the closest thing to being a professional athlete for a couple of reasons. You know, number one, one person wins and everybody else loses. And I love that. I, I freaking love that. Okay. And, and the better and the harder you prepare, the more successful you will be when you're in the game. And so I, I actually think there's a, there's a lot of, of, of things that are similar. That's one of the things I love about our profession. So I want to talk about that to start, you know, you uh, you've done a really good job uh, with your organization, helping your team continue to grow, continue to be in front. And, and, and I want to start with that when, when you're because not only have you done it with your team as a sales leader and you do, you have a great reputation for that. It's like you said, that's why global data said it doesn't matter if you're building from scratch or starting one, you know how to build and grow a team. And our, our listeners around the world, you got thousands of people listening to you right now, Tom, that are either leading sales teams right now, or they're looking to become that sales leader. And, and the big question always is, how do you stay in front? And not only do you do that with your team, you help other teams do that. You know, how do you see around corners? How do, how do you stay in front? And, and, and you made a comment. I'm, I'm going to shut up and let you talk. You made a comment that you said, we mobilize quick. I wrote that down when you said that. You know, maybe that's a good place to start. How important is, is the amount of time it takes to have an idea and get to execution? Or how important is it to, when you start to see conditions change to be first to change? I mean, 
Can, can you talk a little bit about, about speed maybe as a, as a way to get into this staying in front concept and then go wherever yeah. you want to go with it? No, that's, that's, that's a great jump point there, Rob. Cause I mean, from my point, yeah, like there's so many people I talk to and they're like, you know, they, they, you know, it's paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You got an idea, but you want to, you know, uh, I'm sure this is some saying that I'm going to butcher where it's like, you know, perfection is the, uh, you know, it's it just people that are trying to perfect anything, you know, are falling behind. They're not going to get a chance. Yeah. Progress I'll, versus perfection. I'm with you a hundred percent. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. It's like, for me, it's just take action. Give it a shot. You know, have a plan, you know, execute the plan and really do the analysis through it. Like get the feedback. You know, if you're going to a new market, get after it quick. Identify who those potential buyers are. What is the story you're going to go in, you know, and have consistent feedback loops. Don't wait a month, two months to get started or, or a month or two months to give feedback and see how it's going. You know, look at it daily. You know, I'm a big believer. And I think one of the things that has really helped my teams is, you know, it's, it's not sales campaigns that we, we focus on. It's micro campaigns. So wow. it's getting real, real specific about, you know, these are the types of companies we're calling, you know, and not only are these types of companies, these are the named accounts you're going after. You know, and, I, and I'm focusing on new business, Rob. Like I want new logos and, and growth from there, right? That's my, my role is, is new logo acquisition, not, not account management. Yeah. So yeah. I have my team where they're set up with their named accounts you know, they got a, a three, 400 bucket, you know, uh, volume wise, but then we'll break that three, 400 up into smaller buckets, these micro campaigns of maybe 50. Yeah. Um, but it's not, okay, well, we're calling all the same type of companies that, that focus the same areas. You got to go another layer deeper. What are the titles? You got to know your ICPs in and out, right? Like, so you understand your, that ideal customer profile um, and become subject matter experts in them. What do they do? What's their day to day? And that, you know, as you're going to market with that stuff, it's what's getting traction. You know, I, I talk a lot, you know, everyone does A-B testing. We're doing like A-B-C-D, <laughs> you know, it's you like A-Z testing, right? Yeah, you got to, <laughs> and, and, but it's got to be, you know, you got to be quick to look back because you'll see right away what's getting traction, what's not. Where am I cutting bait? Where am I doubling down? And like, you'll see that in what's happening there, but also, you know, how you kind of see around the corner to your point. I believe, you know, you, you have to, history will show you that. And when sales, you got to look at, you know, it's KPIs, it's data, it's understanding where have we worked well, what hasn't, what is, you know, is it the phone, is it the email or is it email then phone or et cetera, right? Like, so it's, it's knowing your business. It's, it's really staying tight on those micro campaigns because that, that gives you the area to, to stay ahead and to pivot quickly because you're not all in, you're not six months down the road. Oh, this shit, this didn't work. You're six days in and you're tweaking or, or jumping. So I want to I want to sit on this for a minute, Tom. This is a really cool concept because you're not talking about just being reckless. You know, when we talk about we mobilize quick and, and you know, this concept of act fast and don't let perfection stop progress. You're not being reckless. You're not just like ready, fire, aim. Uh, you have a method to your madness. And I, I think this is important to talk about. Um, I wrote already almost a whole page of notes based on what you said. We could talk this whole thing about this, I think. My first question to you is, why do you think, um, I'm going to come back to this one. Why do you think so many leaders freeze in the face of change? Because you're saying we mobilize quick. You didn't freeze. I talk to them a lot. You talk to a lot of them uh, in your show. I see a lot of people that 
freeze sometimes. Like COVID's a great example. When that happened, there's a whole bunch of people that said, we're going to press pause and see what happens. But you didn't. You said, okay, what's the next play, right? Yeah. And, and so why do you think so many freeze? I want to talk about that because we will have some listeners that are in freeze mode. And then I want to get back into you know, what it means to act quick without being reckless because you for sure were not talking about being reckless. Sure. Yeah, I, I think people freeze and you know, a lot of times there's, there's a lack of confidence. And uh-huh. when they're unsure, then they, you kind of want to wait and, and you hope that the, the situation kind of dictates which lane you should hop in. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I think this lack of confidence is not in their ability, you know, because they wouldn't be in leadership if they weren't good. They didn't have a, you know, kind of that, you know, move forward mentality from there. But I think lack of confidence can come from, you know, lack of data, lack of, you know, situational awareness, maybe not being in those before and, and scared of the outcome, you know, for me, like, you know, I don't want to lose ever, you know, I don't want to have a month where we're down. I don't want to have a month where we miss target, you know, but we do that happens from time to time, but it, uh, it's knowing that it's going to be a blip. It's going to be a one-off, but it's also going to be a learning experience and that it's going to be quick. I'm not going to just as quickly as we'll mobilize, we will pivot quickly. Mm. And it's, it's from staying really in the weeds on that, that analysis. I mean, I, I say a lot, you know, got to inspect what you expect, right? Yep. yep. So, you know, it's really looking and seeing where are we, where are we moving forward? That's working. Where are we not? Okay. Yeah. When, you know, you have to be opportunistic COVID like for us, you know, everyone moving remote, like we, we can become a, a tool for the remote working team. Everyone has the data and the, the pieces there. Right. You know, and they can work from the same, you know, song sheet. So you just got to, you know, see what the scenario presents, see what opportunities are coming there and, you know, just take shots at them. But, you know, I got a sales team, so I could put one person in, in here, you know, I could launch her on this campaign, him on this campaign. And if, if hers is working, well, then I can pull him from the one that's kind of sputtering along and get and double down, you know, so like you move. Them. I like that, Tom, because one of my kind of, I got these kind of, laws that I try and live by as a sales leader. And one of them is if I don't, if I only make decisions based on 100% complete information, that's by definition, uh, being a slow mover. That's by definition being a slow mover. Right. And so you want to lean, you want to look forward. You want to, you want to have first mover advantages whenever you can, you, you want to maintain leadership. You want to grow. Um, but it's scary. So one of my other, I can't wait to share this with you because I think it's what you do. It's exactly what you do. I say, when in doubt, send out a scout. And so mm-hmm. we'll do what you said, you know, we, we, so when in doubt, we send out a scout and, uh, and that's what it sounds like what you're doing. We're, we're testing everything. If we have thought it through, if there's an idea here, we would rather be testing and failing as well as testing and winning on a, on the regular, because we need to be the ones that are going places that others haven't gone yet because that mobilizing quick makes it so you're always having first mover advantages. And I, I think we've entered a world, Tom, and we really want to get your take on this, where it's no longer the big beats the small. I think it's we're in a world where the fast is beating the slow. That, that's what I think. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. You got to, it's the, you know, cause you'll see those slow movers, you know, the, the tankers, right? Like it takes them a year to, to change direction. Whereas the speedboats out there are just like whipping around, going in different areas, going to the, you know, the destination as quick as possible. And, you know, at that you're going towards the goal, but you're also avoiding the pitfalls at the same time. 
And I, and but, I think the one point though, Rob, you, you mentioned like not going reckless in this. Yeah, good. Right? Like, so just to, to kind of follow there, when we do these micro campaigns, we send these scouts out, you know, it, it's, we're not abandoning what works to do this. So we still have that, you know, we know what works, what has worked. We're going to keep doing that, but we're going to test this, you know, at, at a little bit. So I'm not going to take, you know, a top rep and be like, you're going to go try this whole brand new thing. <laughs> it's going to be like, keep doing what you're doing. But additionally, I want you to try this, this campaign in there and we'll time block accordingly. They'll say, okay, let's do it. I want you to spend an hour, two hours a day for this week you know, you, you going after these, you going after these. So it's only, we're, we're giving maybe 20, 25% time to it, but it's very focused. And that 20, 25% will say, do we cut or do we double, triple, you know, go all in. Oh, I love that, Tom. So not only like, I love that. That's a great take. Cause I was about to ask you for a few specifics and that's the great way to start. When we're time blocking, what I love is you're not like introducing the idea of time block. Time blocking is a given. We're doing that great leaders. I'm glad you went there. But we're also time blocking testing. So a little bit of our time is to be sending out scouts. And so it's, I, I have people that are planning for that. It's just part of your DNA. It's kind of part of your culture. Is that, am I interpreting that right? Yeah, you got to be doing that. And even when things are good, you got to yeah. test. Because where's no, that's what I'm saying from, from next? And it's, yeah. it's in there. And it's, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily like new markets. It's new tactics, right? Like right now, and, and we're, we're probably a little, well, I, I think we're behind the eight ball a little bit. You know, my team particularly in this is the video messaging, you know, for yeah. outbound, you know, we're, so we're carving out time where we're going to start. We're testing that at this point. Um, you know, it, it's just the testing is, you know, it's sales process engagement, um, you know, markets, pitches, it, it, it's endless from that point. So that is a great takeaway for every one of our listeners. Make sure that we are time blocking this testing, this scouting, and that do you have most of your team involved in this testing and scouting, or do you reserve that for just some of your people? Um, it, it, I mean, I want everyone testing at all okay. times, um, okay. you know, and scouting, but like the scouting aspects will be, it just depends on the scenario. Okay. You know, if it's, if it's warranted, then we'll, we'll go, everyone will be doing a different area. There's only two or three I might have. Um, I got people that are stronger in certain aspects than others. So you kind of, you got to know your team, what, what they, their strengths are and their weaknesses. So you can, you can play that, but that also plays into your consideration too. You know, if I got someone that's very good with, you know, multiple use cases or ICPs or scenarios, well, that's not going to necessarily, you know, translate to my three month in the seat rep that is still getting their feet underneath them. So sure. you got it. It's, you know, you say it's moving quickly and it's taking advantage of opportunities, but it is as in a controlled environment as I can, can possibly create so that it, it'll mitigate the risk. Whereas, I you know, that. I can kind of really, really take advantage of the upside, but the downside can almost go off the radar to an extent. So I was going to ask you, so I've got lots of people listening to you. I don't know what they're doing. They used to be stuck in traffic or commuting, and that's not the case now. They may be walking their dog or on a treadmill or whatever. I don't know, man. But um, they're listening to you. I was going to ask you, are there a couple of things they can do? So if they wanted to say, am I creating a culture of being forward-looking rather than responding or acting rather than reacting, right? Yeah. That was the first one. Make sure you're always time blocking testing. I, I love that. Do you have like one or two other things that you do that are part of that great culture? 
So, I mean, and, and I love that we use that with a lot of our clients too. It's, um, I don't know. I shouldn't give away all the secrets here, but it's be, you want to be proactive versus reactive. Yeah. And like, I've gone that over that with sales teams, um, for companies we work with. And like, it's just that the change of the, the thought process. Uh, but I think what really supports all of this is like what I try to create and really emphasize. And well, I won't not allow is, uh, it's a culture of collaborative competition, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. what, what we do, cause we are, I, I it's account-based, sales yep. process so then no one's stepping on toes it's not that like well i got here first or i'm going to kind of backdoor someone yeah because so, you all have your own patch you have your own named accounts. that's it yeah. you know you got there and you might you know you might want better named accounts and those are discussions to be had right and i <laughs> i don't want i don't want anything collecting dust by any means but when you have that you know it's it's the rising tide raises all ships mentality yeah. and well, that's like that. as a leader you have to do that and you'll have your you know, people talk about the 80, 20 rule and, you know, I, I don't want 80, 20. I want like 60, 40. I want, I want it more spread yeah. out there. Maybe 60, 40 doesn't work right, but you know what I mean? Like I want everyone contributing at, at a certain levels. Oh, you, you know I what I call it, Tom? I'm going to interrupt you. I call it the 80, 80 rule instead of a 20, instead of 80% of my business coming from 20% of my people, I want 80% of my business coming from 80% of my people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what go. I want. I call it the 80, 80. And you, I'm glad that you brought it up because the 80, 20 rule it is alive and well right now, man. It is, and it's scary given some of the economic uh, areas. It's scary how dependent well, they are. And you want to talk about risk? I mean, like as a leader, how can you rely on twenty percent of your team to do eighty yeah. percent of your revenue? Because if one, like, if you have a team of ten, that one of your two. top two yeah. leaves, <laughs> you're screwed. You're, there's no way you're hitting target. You're not doing yeah, that. You're so, screwed. Like, yeah, you gotta. It's that's where the collaborative competition comes in because it's you know, everyone there, you're helping each other, you know, and it's really, you're feeding back We're you know, we're helping with competitors or helping with use cases. Um, and that comes in when you're, you are taking these, you know, chances to go out there and you're, you're scouting new territories, new tactics, new that people are feeding back and they might say, yeah, this is falling flat because this is what I'm hearing. And someone's like, well, try, let's try it like this before we, j- you know, we abandon it. And we're like, oh yeah, let's, let's give that another run. Um, you know, it's really, it's everyone, you know, marching forward together. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that environment will allow you to be in a position where you can properly, you know, test and assess when you're, you're looking for these areas. All right. So that was good. Those, you gave people a few good things. We, we didn't get into the complete Tom Bocard uh, blueprint and that's good. Cause I can have you back in a, in a few <laughs> months from now. We can, we can pick it up and go from there. This, this was really great. So if you want to, as a leader, you're listening to this and we want to be having a, a progressive uh, organization that is taking what the market gives and then some, one of these first things is make sure that we are looking forward pro- progressive, proactively rather than just doing what other people have done. And, and you just gave two or three great ways to do this. So thank you for sharing it. I want to go to another thing that you said early on in your, in your uh, introduction, because I think it plays into this. You talked about the realization you had that sales is a skill. Um, even sales leadership is a skill. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, for you as a sales leader, how you are helping people develop new skills? Because that's an individual conversation. Sometimes it's treated as a group conversation, but as a sales leader, uh, you stumbled onto that yourself early on in your career. Do you find ways to bring that mindset to the members of your team? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is that, you know, it's a constant coaching environment. So it's, it's having 
For me, there's a couple of things when I look at the team. Like I want people that have ownership. You know, they okay. need to have complete ownership and accountability. I don't want an excuse culture. I want people come with solutions. You know, mm. I want even when things aren't their fault, like a deal blows out because somebody came in at the absolute minute and undercut you or whatever it is, right? Like when it right. genuinely is not your fault, I want people that are looking at like there was something they could have done differently. You could have, um, you know, maybe not with that account, but you could have been spending time building a stronger pipeline so that didn't hurt as much. You know, right. like I, that's, so it's, it's kind of when you, you hire people with that mentality or you, or you start creating that in them, you start putting it on them when they're like, well, it's not my fault. It's like, well, it is your fault. I want commitments. I want that area that starts to create that. Well, it's how do I get better to go from here? You know, so I think, I think mindset is a key thing. And I think mindset is also, it's something that people think it's like, well, you're either you're positive or you're not. And it's like, you can actually, you know, work on that skill, the mindset skill, and you can sharpen that from there. So for me, it's, it's working with the individual, see where are the flaws, where are the short, not, not flaws, the improvement areas I'll say. Right. Um, you know, and some of that will be, it's, you got to look at the KPIs. I don't, I don't use KPIs to say like, Rob, you got to make more calls. Like you're on my team. You should be doing the outbound stuff. If you're not, (laughs) you're not going to be on the team, you know? Um, But like, I use it to see where the, the, the fracture points, where are they falling down? Are they booking demos? They're not showing up. Are they doing demos? and not converting to proposals. So their proposals staying out there forever, whatever it might be, you know, are they making the calls and they're not booking demos, right? Do we need to change the audience? But I walk them through that process Love individually it. so that they can start to do it themselves. I got people that are coming to me and they're like, hey, we really got to dive into my territory because I haven't booked a demo in two weeks. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, we do. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> um, so it's, you know. Yeah, that's you, a problem. Yeah, exactly. But it's like when you when you start doing that with them, I start seeing them really take on. It's like, okay, I need to I need to improve my pitch, my demo, my demo book rate has fallen down, you know? So maybe I need to tweak my messaging. Maybe I need to tweak the audience, whatever it is. Like they start coming with these ideas and doing that. So they, they'll buy in to the, that improvement area thing, you know? And and I'll, I'll come to people too. And I'll be like, this is what I'm working on right now. You know, for me, it's, I'm constantly, you know, improving. I, I think, you know, stagnation is equivalent to death, right? Like I need to constantly be, you know, improving. And that's, you know, it's with my mindset, it's with my skill set, it's, you know, with my attitude, it's with the performance, it's with management and coaching of team, you know, and they see that in what I'm doing. I'm, I'm testing new things out. I'm going to market still with them trying to, I I don't carry my own book, but I'll test things out with territory. Yeah. Um, And they, and I think them seeing that, you know, it's the, the old player coach, kind of thing right like you know pete rose yeah. out there stealing bases still managing the team right yeah dude it, i think when people see that though they buy into it more as well yeah you know what i think you're right i think i think leaders are when leaders go first it's way easier I, i'm glad you brought that up i didn't think we would talk about that right now i i'm working with a lot of leaders right now as you know i've taught you and i were talking about it and i'm thinking right now of i just I'm, I'm I'm with my customers. I'm really helping a lot of them put uh, mutual action plans in place. I, I think that's an that's a tool that isn't used enough. And so, I have eight customers that right now we are in the middle of rolling out mutual action plans. And I'm thinking of one customer in particular that the leader said, "I'm going first. And so 
she did this mutual action plan before it had ever been tested and she used it. She recorded it on their call recording technology. And when they rolled it out, she actually let everybody watch or listen to the call of her using this mutual action plan as part of the the way she was testing it before she rolled it out to train with it. And as you might imagine, that made way different levels of buy-in because the leader went first. And, um, and so I love that you brought that up, that you're setting the, you're setting the pace that you're, you're, you're changing first. And, uh, and so I like that. So you've given me a couple of great ones, Tom. And I, I knew that I was going to have to start watching the clock with you. We're, we've, we're still good on time, but I don't want to run out of time. Sure. You talked about time blocking. You talked about constant coaching and creating that, um, that culture with, with always trying to improve and, and how leaders go first. And that's, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing it. Is there like a third thing from your leadership blueprint? Uh, I won't try and steal all of your leadership blueprint, but those are two really good ones. Do you have like a third to make it a trifecta of awesomeness from Tom? So, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's that's a tough build to live up to. I mean, I think <laughs> I think one that so it's the you know it's very goal oriented. I mean, sales we we should be goal oriented from that end. Okay. But one thing that I really try to emphasize is not you know for me the streaks are more important than the goals. So talk about that. Can you expand that a little bit? That sounds really interesting. So it's, you know, you want to take your goal, you take your big, you know, your your number that, you know, not your quota, your goal. What do you want to achieve? Right. Will you make sure that we made that clear company set goals, but individuals, I'm sorry, company set quotas, but individuals set goals. I'm glad that you said to hell with the quota. What's your aspiration. Is that what you're saying? hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's not like, I hate when people are like, well, I'm doing better than them. It's like, why, why are you comparing yourself to others here? First of all, like, yeah, I know you want to be top of the leaderboard or that stuff, but like, don't compare yourself to people that are just hitting quota or aren't, you know, right. you should be, you, you want to sell to your, um, your ability, you know, your potential. That's what you're focusing on in goals. So for me, it's, we'll look at the goals there and we break them down. You know, and we start seeing what are the activities that are required to hit those goals, right? Nothing, nothing right. new or extraordinary. You reverse engineer the goals. What, what's going to get you to Z, you know, starting at A. But for me, it's a, it's consistent work that goes there. And it's, if you can start stringing together days and get these streaks of, well, I'm doing the activities that are there. You know, the streak is much more important than the end goal because those results will, they'll take care of itself. And one thing that I really, really emphasize, Rob, and, it builds into this whole, uh, you know, rising tide, raise all ships, you know, collaborative um, comp- competition. It's, you got to, you celebrate these streaks and the wins that you get there. You know, it's, it's small bricks build big houses. And that's got great quotes, man. That's well, <laughs> it's uh, that's one of the things I think that it, it helps with the team. You know, it, it has, it's, you know, and I, I do some of this stuff. I, you know, I love a dad joke. I love a cliche. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to make it fun there, but it's, but they, those things really fit. It's that, that small bricks, big houses, you know, you start laying bricks in January. Look what you got in, you know, December. Amen. Those are three killer ones, man. And we still have a little bit of time. I'm going to finish what I want to finish, but I, I want to shift. This was great. Your blueprint, seeing around corners, staying in front, constant improvement, uh, and the streak is more important than the ambition, the goal. It's so great. I, 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 we could have had a show on just any one of those topics, Tom. I, I love it. This is so good. 
I want to shift to your show for a minute. You've had the opportunity on the top one percenter show to interview top sales leaders and top salespeople, right? And, and you've had some really great ones. I'm a big fan of your show. I was honored to be part of it. And is, as we were to go there, and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing this because, A, I want our listeners to tune into your show. But have you, have, if you were to think through all of these episodes you've had, is there one or two things? I mean, you could probably come up on the top five list, but I'm, I want just like one or two things that stand out that as you've been examining the top in the business, is there one or two common things that you might share you've observed as you've done this? Yeah, there's one that jumps out and this is across it's, you know, like you meant sales leaders, sales stars, but it, it transcends into athletes as well. You know, okay. we, we had a, someone from you know, UFC fighter on recently. We had a you know, assistant coach down at university of Miami basketball, yeah, so we, we're we're trying to bridge those gaps with the show, but the one nice. thing that is very clear, you know, it's focus. Hmm. Period. You know, there, and, and that focus it tends to you know goes to your your goals, right? The tasks, overcoming adversity, you know. But there is a different level of focus that we see within those top one percenters' mindset than anybody else that's out there. So when you say it's different, like, what do you, like, how different? I don't want to just take it at surface level because it's awesome. You got my attention. What is it that makes their focus different? Because they're, they're deliberate then. They get very deliberate with the actions there. So they know, and it goes to, it's, you know, a lot of things I was talking about, I've learned from being on this show, uh, right? And, and yeah. speaking to all these great people, it's, you know, they're, when they have a goal in mind, they are so deliberate in the actions that they're taking to reach that goal. Right. And it's their mindset is just it's it's focused on the solutions. It's focused on the how it's focused on getting there at a level that is much deeper than anyone else where it's, you know, a shitty day, a bad decision. That's not going to sidetrack them. They're not yeah. going to get there. They're just going to keep moving forward. And it's it's that mindset that is just of, of ownership. Right. That really separates them from there. And they it's, it's not even like it's a positive mindset. You know, there's something I actually, I posted about this um, the other day on LinkedIn. Um, I read this in a book recently. It's called ants, right? Like, okay. and ants is it's automatic negative thoughts. So okay. like for them, it's an automatic, when those automatic negative thoughts, those ants come in, it comes in and it goes out. Hmm. They don't let it derail them. You don't let it screw up a day. It's a microsecond gone, you know, or it's fuel to keep moving forward and going. So it's, you know, they're not necessarily like, it's not, it's not a different breed top one percenters. They're not lucky. They're not, you know, they, they certainly take advantage of opportunities, but they're at such a different level from focus, Rob, and deliberate in the actions they're taking to get to those goals. Um, it's all though, it's learnable. It's, it's and that's why I love it because my, my mantra that I've gotten as I've done this is so similar to what you said is, uh, I, I, and this was said best by one of my recent guests, uh, Tim Kite, that I told you you should listen to. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, and, and, and I believe this all the way, your talent is a gift, but growth is a choice. And we have to choose to outgrow our talent and not let our talent that we were blessed with be a ceiling, right? And so that's why my whole mission now is to have that kind of focus for sales leaders to help them not just choose to outgrow talent, 
but to take the steps mindset, skill set, performance wise. So they out, do outgrow that. So I'm glad you shared that deliberate focus. We can orient to any outcome. So the events that hit us, they do not derail us. We choose our responses because we know what the outcome is we need. I love that. You're good, man. Let's, I, let's, let's uh, wrap this thing up the way we wrap it all up. I got rapid fire for you. You ready, man? All right. Let's hit it. This is going fast, man. This was even better than I <laughs> thought it would be. I knew you were going to be good. All right. Okay. <laughs> Number one, biggest sales leadership challenge you see and how do you, and how do you beat it? Uh, I think, I mean, we talked about some of it with the okay. uh, right. slow movement, but, but I think a big challenge right now that I've seen is it's easy for, for reps to hide. Okay. It's easy for them to hide right now. Like you're, you're middle of the pack. Because they're working from home, you mean? Because they're remote. You know, there's a lot going on where, you know, leaders will, you know, you're focused on a million different reports, million different activities and opportunities, hopefully. Yeah. I think it's, it's making sure that those people that are underperforming, you know, aren't lost in the shuffle. And, you know, it's not necessarily like that. When I say they're hiding, it's not just like, I mean, there are some reps that certainly are hiding, you know, they knows you should get out. Right. But yeah. there's some that are, they're, they're hidden, you know, and I think there's a difference because hidden you overlook maybe that someone's pipeline has fallen off um, or that they're struggling to get, you know, traction and going and right. there could be some really strong talent there. And I, and I think, you know, it's, it's making sure that, because, you know, as leaders, we want to be everywhere at once, you know, and you can't be omnipresent. You can't be with every single person on your team. You have infrastructure of managers and VPs, et cetera, in there to, to do that. But like you, it's staying on top of that is, I think, a big challenge. So I think for solution wise, it's just you have those check ins, set it up. I told, we talked about time blocks earlier. You know, I try to check in with everyone on the team, you know, every other week, speak to them at least once. And like before that meeting, look at their stats, look at their numbers, look at their pipeline to see if there's any red flags that you, you know, may have gotten hidden. You know what I love about that, Tom? I freaking love that um, you're intentional with each person. You're not with them because they're winning. You're not with them because they're losing. You're intentionally connected to every single person. And what you're, it sounds like you're saying is that the way to overcome people kind of hiding right now is to make sure you have individual development plans with each person. Yeah, 100%. And, and, that, and, that's, and, like, and, and you might be looking at it as a leader and be like, it's too much. I can't do it with my team. It's too big, right? right. Like you look at the numbers, you create the plan with them on that call. And then you, you hold them accountable. Let me know in a week how you're doing. Or we're going to catch up in two weeks. I want to hear what you've done to start working on this stuff. And I want to see a difference in them. It's, you don't need to overcomplicate it. What I also love about what you said, and I'm, I'm taking my time on this because I think you're right. You know, this is good. You've given me a modern age of selling biggest problem because you're the first one that's ever said people can hide. And I think with this advent of remote workers, it's for sure. You know, if you're on the bipolar side, if you're crushing it, I know who you are. If you're like failing miserably, I know who you are. But if you're in that messy part of the middle, I, you may not get a lot of attention, Right. And, um, and so what you're saying is we, as leaders cannot let that happen. I, I want to sit on that for a second, Tom, because I think you're right. I think that's a massive, massive challenge. And we may have too many, we, not too many. We may have a lot of people, but that doesn't give us the, the right to have, to accept the excuse of, well, I, I can't really connect to each one. 
And so I, I love your suggestion that we must have individual plans for individual people. And, um, and that just goes down to what do you think the role is as a leader? Right. So. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Rapid. That's number one. Rapid, number right? two. No, this is good. You picked a good one. I sat on it on purpose because I, I think that that was a really important one. I, it goes to your second blueprint you gave us of continuous improvement and constant coaching. And uh, the other thing I'll say, I'm not going rapid. I'm going slow. I'm sorry. Uh, is you talked about having a commitment in those things. You didn't just have a conversation and say, I goes, no, I'm going to talk with you in two weeks or three weeks and we're going to see how this went. One of my seven deadly sins of coaching is we have conversations instead of commitments. If you're not making commitments, I got news for you, Tom, you ain't coaching. So, you know, and so anyway, love I love it. Okay. Number two, when you're hiring and building teams. Okay. This is our fan favorite question. This is the one that I get so many pieces of feedback on. When you're building teams, is there a go-to interview topic or a go-to interview question that you like to use? And when you leverage it, what is it you're looking for? Um, I mean, topic-wise, I like to spend more time going through like behavioral and like sales IQ type questions than the resume. I don't, I don't necessarily care what's on the paper itself. Right. Right. Um, Cause I want to know, I want to know about them. I want to know, are they going to fit in this culture? Are they going to help me personally grow and help my business grow? You know? Um, but one, one question I like at, uh, you know, I actually, I had a, a webinar earlier in the week that we did on this was focused on like the first 90 days with people. But I, I ask every single person, I say, if you were to have this job, what would your first month look like? What Love would it. you do? And what are you looking and, for when they answer that? What, what are you hoping to see? So the, the key in it is what would you do, right? Like, cause I'm going to give, yeah, we're going to onboard you. We're going to train you up. You're going to learn, we're going to you know, drink from the fire hose, whatever you want to say. Right. Yeah. I want to know that you're coming in with a plan and you have your own 90 day plan. Love you know? that. And it's because it's, it goes to what we were talking about earlier. What are your goals? Not your quota. No. Again, it's, you got to take that ownership. And it's like someone that comes in and is just like, well, they're going to onboard me and they're going to have their 90 day plan and, and I'm going to go with it. How can you expect to achieve different results than everyone else has? If you're just doing the same thing they have, you know, and, and especially now in a remote time, I want to know that people have that ownership and accountability and, you know, fire in the belly to do things on their own. So I, I'm not looking for like, the plan itself. It's just that they have one. Exactly. Yes. I want it. And I want it to be thought out. I don't want it to be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to learn the the product. It's like, look, when I come in those first 30 days, I'm going to, I'm going to know who I'm working with and I want to know who I'm supposed to be selling to. And I want to, I'm going to know those people inside and out. I'm going to learn everything I can about our buyers. And it's like, okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) You know, like just because so you want to use these people for your scouting team. Remember your number one, what your, your the people that are really? testing, you need to have people that are, that are going to fit into that culture. I love it. Last one, man. Leaders are readers. Um, we found that the great leaders, the, the, the ones that want to be iconic and legendary, they never stop learning. Is there something that you would suggest uh, that they get their hands on and consume? I don't care if it's a book they read or it's an audible, or even if it's bite-sized chunks, like a podcast or a, a blog is there is there something that you have found to be helpful in your leadership career that you'd like to share oh yeah i mean the top one percenter blo- uh podcast is it always helps 
Yeah, no. <laughs> no well, I've already, I've already endorsed it. Can't that. do a self plug there, no, man. I'm bro, I, I've already endorsed um, that. We're gonna, we're gonna give you a minute here to plug no, that here in a second. Um, no, listen. I mean, like, I, I, I mentioned, I'm an English major. I love, I love to read. I, you know, I, I do that. I've, I've recently got involved with Audible now, and it's even better. Like listening to books. Um, so, to pick one is tough. So I might, I might give you two. Here. I'll let you have two. Let's uh, go. So one is Atomic Habits. I'm sure this has probably hopefully been mentioned before. One time, uh, you're the second person, but go ahead and share why. I, 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 I haven't read it yet. I touched on it earlier, streaks. He talks about streak goals. That comes, I've got that straight from there. Um, he also has a great newsletter. If you don't want to read the book, the newsletter, it's 321. Hmm. I'm probably going to mess up what it is, but I think he gives three quotes, two suggestions. I think I'm messing it up backwards here, but it's it's a quick, easy read. Comes every Thursday. You're done in less than five minutes. Uh, James Clear. So that's that's a really good spot. Um, and again, like from, it's these are things as a leader you should be doing yourself. Yeah, and you should be you know coaching and teaching your team members so that they start doing these things on their own. Uh, the second one, I'm actually in the middle of it right now, um, and again. I'm sure this has probably been said, but it's a Jim Quick's Limitless book. Great one. Great one. Yeah. That is, that's where I got ants from. He okay. talks about it in there, but it's like, that's just started change. It's just my perspective on a lot of these things has really been impacted from there. And it's like, for me, I really try to help my team grow in some of these areas, you know, where it's the way you think about learning and like applying it to to the the role to our customers to to our value props um the way that we can kind of think about it from there is a lot different i think than going in to people and be like this is a different way we're going to do medic you know right a lot of sales training and sales and i read all those and i love those but uh these types of books like atomic habits limitless kind of the personal development like performance development I think that's something where a lot of leaders can make a huge impact on their teams and on their, on their, on their employees' lives, quite frankly, you know, so what a, what a great way to end, especially how you went back to changing their lives, not just giving them better careers, but changing their lives. I so grateful, Tom, you're awesome, man. We're, we, we went longer than I told you we'd go. I apologize. It happens almost every time. So I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you were, you were great. I, I really appreciate it. You're going to have some people that are going to want to keep the conversation going uh, for our listeners that want more of Tom. Uh, they want to get more of you. Uh, you know, how, how do they get more of you? How do they, how do they find your show? How do they find you? How, how do they reach out to you? Uh, I mean, LinkedIn is the best way. Everything's on there. So uh, Thomas Bocart on LinkedIn. You could uh, my I got my hashtag. It's Bo Nose Sales. Yeah, uh, Bo Nose. I love it. Little uh, little tribute to uh, you talk about athletes there, right? Yep, um, but but that's where that's where you can find me. That's where you can get me. Um, you know the, and your the show? show is yeah. show is live Thursday nights at six p.m. Uh, links are in there, but we're we're gonna start getting them up probably by the time this airs. Our YouTube channel will be live. So just look for the top 1% of there. You'll start seeing some of the stories that we've um, interviews we've done. We're rolling, putting be real over nice. them. So it's, yeah. it's a real cool way to get snapshots from a uh, top one percenters out there. Um, but top one percenter.com will be up. We'll have the shows and backlog everything there as well. So per- perfect. 
Rob, pleasure, man. This is this has been fun. You got me. I'm jacked for the rest of the day. Hey, man. His name is Tom Bocard. He is helping. He's sending out scouts around the world, figuring out how to see around corners. He's helping people have streaks instead of goals. Yes, he's a professional streaker. And his, his name <laughs> yes. is Tom Bocard. Uh, great guy, great connection, doing amazing things at Global Data. Thank you for joining, my friend. As I say to all, happy selling. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. I am convinced that 2021 will be the year of the coach, the year where the sales leader creates the biggest competitive advantage for the organizations they lead. So as you prepare for 2021, and I hope you are preparing for 2021 right now, I want to help. Are your sales leaders ready for what 2021 will bring? Are you? If you want to take things up a level, hit me up. I'm helping put together virtual sales academies, uh, sales and revenue kickoffs, building new leadership and coaching processes, and providing one-on-one coaching to sales leaders in countries around the world. And my program really targets three areas, mindset, mindset, skill set, and performance. As you prepare for what will most certainly be a new environment in 2021, each sales leader is going to have to adapt. And I'm here for you. Whether it's joining my Patreon group, Sales Leadership United, check it out if you haven't yet. Perhaps it's providing fast-track training for managers where we take 18 months of learning and compress it down to three months, or developing new leadership processes or even custom executive coaching, which I believe is the new perk that people are looking for. I want to help you create as much impact as possible with the people you lead. If you want to be legendary, let's talk because how you lead matters. Let me help you navigate that sales leadership maze. It's going to be awesome. Let's go do it. Now, I knew I was going to enjoy the conversation with Tom. I love his show. It's been awesome to get to know him. But this went into some areas I didn't expect. And they are important areas. And it really shed some light to me on why Tom's had such a successful sales leadership career. I love how he pointed to his speed of execution right away. That was the first thing he pointed to. He said, we mobilize fast. We spent a lot of time to talk about this concept of the fast beating the slow. And he shared with me that he's always testing. He doesn't just wait for things to start to like get diminishing returns. He doesn't wait till they get in trouble. He's always testing and using what he referred to as micro campaigns. He's pivoting in six days rather than in six months. I, I thought that was really, really insightful. And it was really clear to me that this is part of the culture he's helped build at Global Data. And I love how he does it. He's time blocking and having everyone using what works. And what that's leading to is they're testing new places to be and finding new pockets of excellence. And, and the reason it works is because he's not just waiting for things to go bad. He's looking for new markets. He's looking for new tactics. He's just looking to be better. Tom, listen, Tom is all in on intentional improvement. It, it makes sense when you think about how he's running his show of the top 1% or show. He's committed to top 1% stuff. And so as a result, this tactic is massively important. He talked about at the end how the top one percenters that he's interviewed are deliberately focused. And I think his focus, his deliberate focus on testing and improvement and time blocking with everyone to do this is worth, you know, really stopping and thinking about. Um, If testing isn't part of your time blocking you're doing with your team, you may be missing out on a really good opportunity. And having everyone participating uh, that makes it so not only is there a culture of learning, 
but you also get the benefit of people having buy-in from the outset because it wasn't something that someone that's an armchair quarterback came up with. It's something that someone actually did to have success. But my favorite thing that comes from this, if there's, if there's one thing, I, I, I like this so much, I, I, I made it the title of the show. It allows you to pivot without panic. So for some orgs, pivots are a sign of trouble. I hope you heard the confidence in Tom's voice as he shared that they are always testing, always scouting, always looking for what's next, always looking for what's better. And because of his commitment to intentional improvement and consistency in winning, um, he continues to win. I think you heard him say he never wants to lose, and if he does, he wants it to be a blip. So if you're going to have consistency in winning, that means you're going to have to have consistency in improving, consistency in changing. Because your market changes. It's just going to be the case. So listen, there's so much in this podcast episode. Uh, I, I, I think that this finish on deliberate focus, I already mentioned it. It's, it's worth mentioning again. Uh, that was awesome. I love this concept on the streak being more important than the goal and the power of momentum. I, I thought that concept around small bricks build big houses, you know, small victories done over time is massive. Uh, I'm going to do something on that in the Patreon group uh, this week with a, with a sports analogy I think you'll like. So go back and listen to this one once again. Uh, take some notes, but most important, take some action. Become a subject matter expert with every ICP you engage. Add consistency to your process. You'll see improvement come fast. But here's my big takeaway. Pivoting does not equal panicking. And when you have a culture of continuous improvement, you can face big odds and make small or big changes. You know, in basketball, pivot's really a small move. All you do is you change your direction. All you do is change your focus. And if you can do that, you can end up winning no matter what you're facing. So, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Loved the conversation. So appreciative that you joined us. The conversation around taking action was so good. Each of our listeners will be better off if they find ways to mobilize fast. So remember, when in doubt, send out a scout. Create that culture of ongoing improvement and you'll never become a dinosaur. Tom, this was fantastic. On behalf of our listeners, I thank you. And to each of you, our listeners, I thank you. I appreciate your support of the show more than you know. I'm so appreciative to those of you that leave those five-star reviews. Mention us on LinkedIn and tell your colleagues to check out the show. Your support is why the show is growing so ridiculously fast. So here's to creating action and improvement as a sales leader. This week, make it a week where you accelerate your commitment to improvement, no matter how successful you are. Make this a point of emphasis Keep it as a point of emphasis and you will blow yourself away how far you go. Help all those around you feel the kind of commitment Tom shared with us today and it will change the careers of everyone you work with. So thanks to each of you for listening. Thanks for sharing our show with those you work with. And as always, don't worry, just execute because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, 
I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.